So, we're in the middle of our crash course, which is what I'm calling it, a crash course, in Hilchus Ribis. Um, it's a one-off opportunity, you guys, because I don't think we're going to be doing this for a while. Because, again, you know, to go through these halachas, really, is going to take us weeks and weeks and weeks. And a lot of it is really no gear to people who are in business, who are busy with this all the time. But even though they are not in business, that's why I want to just open up your eyes to the inyanim, just for the questions. At least you should know what is a question. You know, many times we say that's what halacha shit is. Not necessarily will you know the answers, but what I can guarantee, if you listen carefully for the halachishim, is you will know what's a question. And that's also important as well, because so many times people don't even know what to ask. They don't even know what a question is in order to go to a Rav and ask a Rav Shaila. So what we're doing, Be'ez Hashem, is we're just opening up a little bit of your eyes to see a glimpse into this incredible halacha of Ribis and see how it applies to many, many different situations. So yesterday, we pretty much gave a lot of a hakdama to understand where Ribis comes from, why and how bad it is. And we left off talking about the difference between a Yid and a Goy and banks. So what I want to go to now, and this is a, it's a two-part series, so we're finished, pretty much wrapping it up, but is Hashem, um, today, is just to go through a bunch of different Yisoides in Rebus. These are Yisoides. I'm going to try to give you not just the practical applications, but some of the main Yisoides of Rebus that exist. Any of you that have learned Ezeneshech and Baba Metzia will be very familiar with a lot of these concepts, because the Gemara spells them out clearly. And we'll try to give some applications, halacha lemaisa, that apply to each one. So, we'll start like this. Remember, again, this is a recap from yesterday, very important. The difference between those that are joining us right now who were not yesterday, just the difference between a Doraisa ribis and a Durabonon ribis is that generally speaking, with certain exceptions, ribis is Doraisa if it's what we call ribis katsutsa. Ribis Katsutsa means it was conditioned. It was part of the loan and it was basically something that you uh, pre-designed uh, um, d- within the loan that I'm going to give you this and you will give me more back. That's Ribis Katsutsa, that's a Doraisa. Whenever it was never mentioned in the original loan, or, and I'll give you an adding now another example, what the Ramah tells us in Simon Kuv Samach, and that is, anytime it's done, Bederech Mecha Chumemkar. Anytime it's not a simple loan, here's a hundred shekel, you'll give me a hundred shekel back, that's a simple loan. If it existed as a Tanai condition within the loan of, a, of an extra ten shekel, bang, Ribis Tzutsu, that's a Doraisa. Whenever it's done in a Mecha Chumemkar, it's done in a buying and selling situation, that will be Ribis Tzutsu. But I want to mention now two very important ideas of Ribis, which are very Nagea. And what the Gemara calls, which the Shulchan Aruch brings the Halacha Lamaisa, and, the, and the, towards the beginning of Yeridea Simon Kuf, Samach Sif Vov, where he discusses what we call Ribis Mukdemes. Ribis Mukdemes means, basically, it's a gift that is given before the Ribis is done, before the loan is actually uh, taken place. Which means... Let's say, for example, you know a fellow, he's a really nice guy, he's got a lot of money, he lends money, you know, he helps people out with his money. You know that you're going to need a loan, you want to start a business up, you want to make an investment, or you know that you're going to need money, whatever it is, to buy a ticket back to, to, uh, to, 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 back to your home, whatever. So you give him a present without saying a word. You don't say anything. But when you give him this present, in your mind, I'm going to be a nice guy to him because this way, when I ask him for the money he's going to say yes, right? Because I gave him a bottle of wine or I sent him some flowers for Yontuf. So that is what we call Ribis Mukdemes, right? It's a, it's a Durabonon. 
It's also because of ribis, even though, again, this is not a classic ribis. Classic ribis is, I'll give you $100, you give me $110. That's classic. This is non-classic ribis, but the Gemara brings it, ribis mukdemis means you send a gift to someone on the hope that it will influence him to give the loan. Right now, however, I have to state as well, and again, you understand, right? I'm not going to answer questions, only because obviously answering questions is going to take away from a lot of the... Um, time that we have to offer many practical situations, but um, there are many, many situations in this, and we cannot go through everything, and obviously if this is negate you, or you think this applies to you, ask her off, but they are him if a person gets a gift, gift from his friend, right, somebody gives you a present, why is he giving you a present? I don't know, he's a nice guy, and then he asks you for money, are you allowed to lend him the money? So it really depends, it really depends, if he's the type of guy that normally gives you a present, like, he was that guy that was just like, oh, by the way, I was in the store and I saw this and I knew you would love this. Here, this is for you. He does this all the time. And now he does it and then the next day he asks me for $100 or $1,000 or a $1 million. I'm allowed to give it to him according to many post-skim because then I could say that the, the present that he gave me was not to influence me to give me the loan. He's a nice guy. He always buys me presents. And therefore it's fine. So that's ribis mukdemes. Ribis that is given before the loan took place. And then we're going to go flip the coin to ribis mu'ucheres. Ribis mu'ucheres. Again, all of this in the Gemara, Shulchanorik, very clearly again, Sibov, Kovsamach, that Ribus Mucheres means somebody gave you $100, you then repay the $100. Nothing. You don't say thank you, which we'll discuss in a minute. You don't give him a present. You don't say a word. Three days later, you give him a bottle of wine. That is clearly going to be, if it's a situation where you don't normally give him a bottle of wine, you never normally give him a present, and it's quite an expensive bottle of wine. So it's pretty obvious that it's being given because of the loan. So obviously, Bishas Maiso of the repaying it back, of course you can't do that. Someone gives you $100, right, to, to, to lend, and you give him back $100 plus a box of chocolates, a bottle of wine, that's always going to be Asa. We're talking about, it's not, Ribus Mocheres means, you're giving it back, not at the time of repayment. And therefore, therefore that's going to be Asa. However, if a short amount of time went by from when you gave back the loan, and you give him a present which is basically not even worth that much, a small little gift, nothing. You say nothing. You don't say this is because of the loan. You don't wink at him and he knows it's because of the loan. You make no mention of the loan. No one discusses the loan. You simply send him a small little bouquet of flowers. According to many postkim, that's absolutely fine. That's not a problem, especially, obviously, it's not done at the time you repay the loan. You're giving it later. And it's not something that's clearly done because of the loan. Therefore, we can be maker. And I must tell you, this halacha, by the way, doesn't even expire. That means 10 years later. A guy asked me this, actually, this week. He says, a guy lent me money a long time ago. I'm dying to buy him some fancy geschmacker thing. The answer is no. Even if 10, 20 years went by when he gave you that loan, you cannot send him something, A, if it's extremely expensive and he knows it's because of the loan, or for sure if you say, I'm buying you this because I remember 10 years ago, I was in a bad matzav and you helped me out and you gave me money. You cannot do that even 10 years later. So that is Ribis Mukdemes, Ribis Mukheres. Again, there are many different situations. If you have a question, any of you have a specific question, I would suggest that you email me, awetrog.net.il. Let's move on. Let's talk about many of the cases that are again. Again, this is again not only to business Negate to private people like your friend, your roommate gave you, he gave you your brother, gave you some money, lend you some money because whatever it is, you were buying something, you needed some money, whatever it is, and you want to be nice to him, you want to give him a gift, you want to do something. So the halacha is, and again, without going into too many details where all of this is coming from, but the etzem, 
One of the first Makos we have is a Rosh brought in the Beis Yosef at the end of Semakov Samach that talks about a coin that offers a loan but requires that the coin give, that the, that the Yisrael give him the Truma in exchange for the loan and that is Asak. That's where actually Ribis Kitsutsa. That's where it comes from. But Al Kaponim, if somebody gives you money, he lends you money, he lends you 10 shekel to buy a falafel. You are not allowed to do anything that will benefit that person. So for example, you can't buy him an Aliyah. You want to buy him an Aliyah? He's a nice guy. I can't believe my roommate, you know, he really helped me out. He gave me 50 shekel. I was in the shop. I was totally stuck. If I wouldn't have had that, I would have run back to Yeshiva, go all the way back. It's impossible. He gave it to me. That's nice. I'm going to buy him an Aliyah. You know, they're four or five shekel. What they sell it for already in the Shkibla? There's nothing. But the Maisa, you're not allowed to benefit him. You can't give him a Shlachmonis, right? Or anything similar to that. You're not allowed to do that in any way, shape, or form because you are basically giving him a gift for the service that he gave you of lending money. And that is a problem. Not only that, the borrower, the person who borrowed the money, can't offer a free service to the lender. Let's say, for example, you have an apartment in Miami, and you know the guy, you know, you're so happy that the guy lent you money, so you say to the lender, you say, you know what, I have an apartment in Miami, do me a favor. Go there, go with your family, free of charge. I won't charge you. It will be wonderful. It's awesome to do that. You can't do that. Or let's say you say to him, for example, you know what? I have so much. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for what you did. I'm going to learn with you. Bahavusa, I normally charge. But for you, I'm not going to charge anything. Or for your son, you're not allowed to do that. You can't. Char- you can't provide any service for anyone that lent you money. And again, if you think about this, obviously it applies a lot in a big scale. But even on a small scale, even when your roommate gave you money, and you know, oh, your roommate gave you money, so I'll help you out because I know that you needed a bottle of wine. I happened to be in the wine store, so I'll buy it for you and help you out. You can't do that because he just lent you money. And therefore, you have to be very, very careful where this could be Nagea. Um, if you borrowed money and then the guy comes to you to buy something from you that you sell, and uh, let's say you sell something in yeshiva or in a store whatever and now the guy who lent you money is coming to buy something and obviously he's the guy that lent you money can you imagine if he's the guy that lent you the money to start your whole business here he is he's here the guy without him and have no business you know what take a free slice of pizza take a free falafel What's the big deal? It's a falafel. Come on. No. Also, he lent me the money. I cannot offer any service whatsoever. I can't even sell him something at a discount. You know what? For you, you get a 10% discount. Also, because he lent me the money. Right? And for you not to do that, you've got to charge him the regular situation, the regular prices. If you're an electrician, if you're a plumber, if you have some kind of, something, something that you do professional-wise, yeah? And then somebody lent you money and you go to, you can't help him out. You're not allowed to do anything similar to that because you're benefiting him. There's another Durabonan. Most of this is all Durabonan. There's another Durabonan, which is called Ribis Tvorim. Ribis Tvorim basically means that even giving him a service that actually has no financial value whatsoever. So if, for example, you're the type of guy that never greets anyone on the street. I don't know why. But you're that guy. You know, you just, you just look down. Shmir is saying, you're very busy. You look down, you don't want to see anybody. You, just, you never say hello to anybody when you meet them. All of a sudden, the guy that lent you the money is there, so you can be nice to him, right? Oh, good morning, how are you? Is everything okay? And you walk over. That's Ribis. Bang. Right there, Ribis. Durabonon. Obviously, not a Teresa, because it was not stipulated within the loan, but that's an Issa Durabonon. Because you just gave him something based on the fact that he lent you money. And you're not allowed to do that. Now, it depends. If you're the guy that normally greets everyone, and you're the type of guy that normally says hello to everyone, especially to him, there's no reason why you can't continue to do that. That's absolutely fine. Especially if he says hello to you, you're allowed to say hello back to him, because that would just be rude not to do that. You cannot praise the lender. 
You can't compliment him. Give him a bracha. You're a kain. I'm giving you a bracha. No, you can't do that. You're a No. That's all ribis. You're going to praise him. Ah, oh, you're such a gavaldiga yedabalchet. You can't do that. All of that is considered to be ribis. You can praise him, not in front of him, that you can do, but not in, not in, not in, in, in front of him, that will be asa. What about thanking him? This is one of the most fundamental questions in ribis. You know, a simple question. You're in the falafel store, right? We just take a simple idea. This can apply to hundreds of cases. You're in the falafel store, in the pizza store, and you're, oh, you're a bit hungry now, but you realize, oh, my wallet's in yeshiva. What do I do now? What do I do? So a guy said, what, you need money? So no problem, sure, I'll give you 10 shekels. Oh, thank you so much. Bang! Was that ribis? I, I just said thank you. Now, one second, I'm going to pay him the 10 shekel back. In addition to the 10 shekel, he also got a thank you. So, Pashtus, and this is the Pashtus, Shokhanov, by the way, brings this Lemaisa, um, that the Pashtus is to say thank you is absolutely forbidden. You're not allowed to thank the person who gave you the money, um, because that's considered to be ribis. Right? It's considered to be ribis. And uh, that's how most post game in fact, even with Moshe, with Moshe is a true and igris Moshe, where he paskins that it's also to say thank you to someone who lends you money. So that means if somebody lends you money, even if it's five shekel, you're not allowed to say the words thank you because you have just done ribis. However, I will mention many gedolei poskim disagree and they hold not no. A simple thank you is what we call nowadays common, you know, common courtesy. It's normal. It's a thing that people do. You know, if people just talk, it's not a big deal. Rib Shlomo Zalman was makele that way and he only wants the taina that ribis tevorim means extra. When you go over and beyond the regular thank you, which is common courtesy, and you do more than that, Rebbe Yashiv as well, in Mishnah's Ribbis brings down that this is the minig, and that's taka what people do, and therefore I think we can basically safely say that in order that if someone does give you a loan, even a small thing, you are absolutely allowed to say thank you. That's not a problem to do that, uh, no problem with Ribbis. Another idea, Rabbi Sai, another couple of ideas, okay? Um, another couple of ideas. Um, borrowing. Okay, so somebody lent you money. Again, you know, I'm going to just try to make this as practical as I can for you guys. Your, your, your roommate lent you 10 shekel yesterday in the pizza store. Um, and he comes to you and asks you now for your speakers or for your earphones. Are you allowed to lend it to him? So it may depend. If you're the type of guy that always does that, you're the guy that lends out everything to everyone. So then obviously that's fine. But normally, my earphones, I don't know, they're the JBL or whatever it is, they're the wireless, fancy, big things that you put on your ear. Like, those are expensive. I don't lend those out. But you know what? He lent me 10 shekel, 20 shekel, 50 shekel, $100, whatever it is. I think I'm going to give it to him. That, that's what's going on in your head. That is ribis. That is going to be awesome to do. Because you are giving him something extra that he not normally would not have got, and it was all coming because of the loan. And therefore, it's problematic. Again, it will depend. If it's something that's so normally done, and you're the type of guy that does it to everybody, then it's clearly the fact that you're not doing it because of the loan, and therefore it's mutter. Okay, Rabbi Sai, we've got to move on. There is a lot to do still, and we don't have that much time. Uh, I want to tell you about a concept called Halveni Ve'el Ve'loch. Lend me, and I will lend you. So it's actually a very interesting sugya. It requires a lot of explanation. requires two shurim just on itself. But I want to mention it to you because I think it's very, very important. The Ramah in Siftes brings down this halacha. And he says, I'm going to say in English now, I'll lend you if you lend me. Simple. In other words, there is no more money involved. I mentioned this yesterday, if you remember. I'm going to lend you $100 on the condition that you, next week, will lend me $100. Where's the ribbus? 
Rama says it's Asa. The Rama Paskins Alokalamai said that is ribis. Where's the ribis? A hundred to a hundred. The answer obviously is the very fact that I stipulated that as a reward for me giving you a hundred, I get a hundred back. So it's the same amount of money. It doesn't make a difference. But the answer is I'm going to be lent another time uh, the money from you because I lent you now. And therefore that's considered to be what we say, Halveni Vael Veloch, lend me and I will lend you. It's a major machoikis in the poskim. I will tell you that as well. There are more lemaisa and most poskim, the Lavosh, the Vilnagoin, the Shulchanon Haraf, without going into details, they're all machme and therefore that is a problem for a person to do. Now, Another thing, just to mention a couple of ideas, um, what we call in the Poiskim, the Gemara calls, Toivas Hano. Toivas Hano means giving benefit that has no, you know, no exactly uh, financial value, Be'etzem. Which means, let's say, for example, the guy that lends you money has a business. So he says, listen, I'm going to lend you the money, I have no problem. But I own a printing company, and I know that you do printing. So can you do me a favor? Next time you have a printing job, would you come to me? And you say, sure, of course, I would love to help you out, no problem. Huh, asa. That's ribbis. Why? What do you just do? You are benefiting the lender because of the loan. He gave you money. You are giving him back business. So if you stipulate in that in the loan, that is mamish going to be asa, and you cannot do that bichlal. You can't even say, for example, I know you guys don't do printing because, you know, you're a car company, I don't know. But if you know anyone that needs printing, do me a favor, recommend my company. You're not allowed to do that. That's going to be ribbis. Because you are giving him toibas hano because of the original loan that he offered. You know, you can think about all these cases, they go on and on. It's incredible. You have to realize some of these things are very negate. We don't even think about it. Who thinks about ribbis in such a case? I'm just recommending the guy that lent me money. He lent me money as a business. I want to help him out. He's a nice guy, that's chesed, so I want to tell other people about business, that is osa, unless you would normally, unless, you know, whatever, there are many situations, I'll give you an, I'll give you an interesting one, very interesting one um, there, there is a misconception about this when you borrow money from a stocker box you borrow money from a stock box, people have this idea, I, I personally never found a car. maybe maybe you guys have a car. I don't know, but um, when I learned Hilcha Sadaka, I don't remember finding a car for this but I remember, you know, as kids we grew up that whenever you borrow money from a stocker box you put more back. You, ever, you guys ever heard that before? Anyone ever heard that? Yeah? You did hear that. I don't know. I, maybe it's just a nice thing to do. I'm sure it's beautiful. But I, I never found a car for it. I found a remez, but not really a car. But anyway, so Al-Kaponim, if I've got a stocker box in my house, so I'm not going to the Shiloh of, you know, is it that, you know, who, who, who does it belong to? Right? Which is a whole Shiloh exactly. Does it, is the Yad HaGabai like the Yad HaNiyim or not like the Aniyim? We're not going to that already. I am allowed to use and borrow the money in my stocker box that I have in my house. The guy only comes on a Rosh Chodesh. I've got another week to Rosh Chodesh. No problem. Let me use the money. I don't have to put more back. That's absolutely fine. But I will tell you a very interesting halacha. And that is as follows. Very interesting. And that is that if you are not the owner of that stocker box, you're the friend, and you ask a friend for money, and he says, oh, I haven't got any money, but I have a stocker box full of money, and you borrow money, you are not allowed to replace more money into that stocker box um, at the time that you're repaying the loan in that case. And I don't want to go into details why, but that is a very interesting practical uh, application of this halacha. I'll tell you another one as well. Let's say, for example, you want to get uh, a new car. What about a new car, a new phone, a house, whatever it is, something very, very expensive. You haven't got the money to pay it. And even if you've got the money to pay it, the bank is never going to allow you, who doesn't make that much money, to go and buy this new car, right? You have to pay in installments, you have to pay in payments. My bank is not going to give me credit. I've got a bad credit, forget it, it's not going to happen. So you've got a good friend, a really good friend, he's a really good guy. And he says, you know what, I'm happy to help you out. 
I've got a great credit rating in my bank. I am happy to be able, I'll buy the car on my bank account, my name. So legally, the car's mine, or the house, or the phone, or whatever it is. It's all mine. It all belongs to me. And I'll make the payments, but you'll put the money into my bank. So I, I don't lose anything. Whatever it costs me per month, you'll put that into my bank. I'll pay it on to the company who I bought the car from. Shalom Ali Shalom. Without going into detail, that is ribis. You're not allowed to do that. Now, there's a lot of complication. Why? Which I'm not going into, and I don't want to explain, because that alone will take us well. But I want to discuss another halacha. Again, I'm giving you some of the yisoidas. This is one of the main yisoidas, which is a very, very interesting and agaya halacha. And that is the halacha, what we call in the Gemara, sa'a basa'a. Sa'a basa'a means that if I'm going to borrow, let's say, I'm going to borrow a sack of potatoes... That's 10 kilo. I'm going to return a sack of potatoes that is worth 10 kilo. Now, that is actually ribis. Why is that ribis? I mean, I shouldn't say it is ribis. It could be ribis. Why is that situation going to be a problem? The problem is because when I return to you the sack of potatoes, in the market value, it's now gone up. You know, a sack of potatoes, when I borrowed from you last week, was worth, you know, 10 bucks. When I return it, it's now worth $12. So now if it's worth $12, so it's true that I'm giving you the same item as you gave me. I'm giving you a sack of potatoes. But at the end of the day, they're worth a lot more. So you are benefiting by that extra value that it's worth in the market. Now, this is a big problem. This is going to be a shadow. What about neighbors? Neighbors borrow from each other, you know, some, some, some eggs and they borrow pasta and they borrow sugar and they borrow all sorts of things. What does that mean? I have to start calculating the market value? So the first thing I will tell you is that the Shulchan Aruch brings down that such a small amount people are not marked on. In other words, you know, for example... You borrow a bit of sugar, you borrow an onion. Are you makbid to weigh it? You don't need to weigh it because they're not makbid on it and they're moichal if it's a bit bigger, if it's a bit smaller, it's fine. But if there's a considerate difference between the two, if you're borrowing something that's worth a small amount and now it's worth a lot more, like I said, the examples of the matzah or other things like that, you give a higher brand of tissues which is worth way more, that's for sure going to be ribbis. That's for sure going to be ribbis. We're talking about a situation where you're borrowing a cup of milk and I didn't measure if my plastic cup is exactly the same as his plastic cup or the onion weighs the same as his onion, and therefore neighbors are generally moichel and it's fine. But what we're dealing with over here is, I borrow, I'll give you an example. Right, you're making a barbecue. For some reason, I don't know what happened, but your freezer went a bit bad, and some of the steaks that you were about to put on went bad, but you know your neighbor's a butcher, right? So can I know her? So you knock on his door, your dear friend, the butcher, I'm sure you've been very friendly with him, and you say to him, listen, I'm making a barbecue, I've got all the family coming over, social distancing, obviously everything's included, and I'm missing a few steaks. Do me a favor. Well, I know you're, you know, I know you're, 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 you're a butcher. Uh, just give me, you know, 10 kilo or whatever it is of steaks. We'll make a hard amount. Give it to me and I'll give it back. Right? And I, and I pay him back. So theoretically, this should be no problem. I'm the right, so there's no problem. Midura Bonin, there is a problem because it looks like I'm giving him more because the market value is Asa. It's going to be a big problem. What about money? You borrow money. Right? And the market value of that money fluctuates. That means we know that. That's what's going on. Look at the, look at what's going on in the world, right? Value of money is going up and down all over the place. So I borrowed ten shekel last week, but this week I'm borrowing. I'm giving back ten shekel. It's worth a different thing. So you have to know. And again, we're not going to go too much into these details, but I want to give you the exceptions. Exception number one we mentioned, and that was by neighbors. Neighbors are generally not marked, but it's a small amount. It's fine. 
Another exception is what we call yeshloi. Yeshloi means that if the person, listen carefully, if the person borrowing the item already has some of this item, then everything's mutter. I don't want to explain now how. It's, it's if it's chal right now, and therefore it's if I'm giving it to him then. I don't want to go into how it works. But it means if I have one steak in my house, or if I have one onion in my house, one potato in my house, or one shekel in my possession, then I can borrow whatever I want because it's considered the borrower. The borrower has to have it, and now he can borrow from the lender, he can take from the lender and give back. That's not a problem. And the other, and you can, right, that's that, that. And the other thing is some things that have a set market value. And that's basically most of what we have has a set market value. Potatoes generally don't fluctuate on the stock market. They're worth 10 shekel, 11 shekel, 12 shekel, whatever it is. Everything's worth what it is generally everything generally has a set price that's the general way the exception with that obviously is something like foreign currency right which is very complicated if you're in america and you want to for some reason get some shekels you have a problem or let's say for example you're in america now and you remember right before Purim, before you left you um you lent someone some money some dollars some shekel, and you say to him, well, I don't want it in shekel now, I'd rather it in dollars now, because what am I going to do with shekel? So give it to me in dollars. You have major problems, because the dollar and the shekel have been going up. And therefore, what he's paying you back is now worth a lot different to what he originally gave you. And you've got problems. So when it comes to foreign currency, it can be quite different. It's like, there's, by the way, there's an interesting shiloh in the post scheme. If we say that currency in the place that you are fluctuates, because we know that it does. Wherever you are on the what? The shekel, the dollar, the pound, right? The, um, the, the, the yen, I don't know, wherever you are in the world. So, um, so, so if it fluctuates even within that city, you put, you know, you borrow something in the morning, you pay it back that afternoon, is that a problem? So most of the Shevet Alevi Ravosan has a major trooper on this, and he wants to say that since, um, what generally happens is they convey it, like, in the morning, and it keeps on going for the whole day, so during the day you're not worried, but if you give it back on a different day, maybe you have a problem, but if for sure in a different country you've got a problem, or even a product in a different country, you borrowed potatoes in Eretz Yisrael, and now you want to give them back in America, that would be problematic, because they're worth different currencies. There were different money. Rabbi Sai, the list goes on and on and on. But I just wanted to, and again, you know, I didn't, I, I, I'm sorry, I apologize, I did not explain for everything alocha that we did for purposely, because, you know, it will take us forever just to go through one of those alochas. But just the idea of understanding, just to, wow, open, like, I didn't realize that would be ribis. And that's a very important thing for a person just to think a little bit, right? The Chavis Salavavis is so into the avoider that we do believe, right? We do so much avoider, so much mitzvahs we do to the Rebbe with our yadayim, with our hands, with our guf, with our bodies. But there are so many mitzvahs that we do in our heads. We have to realize the first thing we have to do, the first step, in order to make sure we're not over in so many sum, is to know what's asa, to know where the shaila is. To do shticks through the money is definitely not kadad. The Chavetz Chaim famously writes how a person comes back into this world as a gilgal to repay one dollar, one shekel, one agara that he unfortunately left, that he owed to someone. It's not kadai to mess around with money. It's not kadai to mess around with someone else's money, your own money. And as the Torah told us as well, as we mentioned... Parshas Bahar, it's so important for a person to realize that at the end of the day, the money that we have comes from the Rabboni Shalom, the Parnasa we have comes from the Rabboni Shalom, and this mitzvah is a real representation, as we started from Rav Palm, Zatzal, that explained to us, that's why the Gemara and Shabbos asked the question, did you do business be'emuna? Did you do it with emuna that the Rabboni Shalom is the one who's giving you a paycheck? It's not your boss. Yes, you have to be nice to your boss. Yes, you have to do shtadlas and you have to do a good job. All of that is true. 
But did you know who ultimately is giving you that paycheck? Who's writing the check? People go for crazy lengths to make sure their boss is so happy with them. And they'll do everything in front of them to show, look, I'm doing a good job. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's a Rebbein Shalom. Rebbein gives you a panasa. He gives you a paycheck. True, the shleach is your boss. And you've got to be nice to him. And you've got to do a shtadlis. A hundred percent. But at the end of the day, you always have to realize where everything comes from. Charging ribbis is something that means that you have no trust that the Rebbein Shalom is running the world and gives you a panasa. So doing chesed with your money is a beautiful thing. Don't abuse that and be careful with the, everything that you do. Maybe one day, maybe one day we'll be zaycha to go through these halachas in a little bit more detail. Okay.